Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are open for business 24-7, serving hot, fresh food. Hello from New York, And hello from Hendersonville, as today is Cinco de Mayo, and it has no correlation to it, but I'm rocking my Pirates jersey, who's uh, McCutcheon. It's been a while since he's been there. It's been all of a week since I spoke with him. (laughs) Great guy. Up in Milwaukee, one of the very best. Everything that if you've never met him, that you'd hope he would be an extraordinary representative. He and Maria still live in Pittsburgh, by the way, doing great, legitimately great work for the community. He's like the Cam Hayward of the Pirates. Oh, uh, no doubt. In that regard. Uh, Moan, in your part of the world... The big story has been Ryan Tannehill and his handling of the Titans quarterback situation because they brought in Malik Willis, who we've spent a lot of time talking about on this show. And Tannehill faced the media in Nashville and said, it's not my job to mentor the next quarterback. And that was received. How there? Uh, Conflicted. Hmm. Uh, polarizing. It was, I don't know if you say, to me, it was an expected answer. And and this is the thing, it's just so bad. Like, this this fan base has just been all over this guy because of the way they lost in the playoffs. I guess a lot of people can understand that. Three picks in a game, uh, number one overall seed. So the letdown has been, oof, it's been high. So it's almost as if he couldn't say anything right. Or he couldn't be fully honest. He exposed, you know, that he went to therapy to kind of get through that trans transition of getting over the game and trying to get back to his job. When he answered that question, initially, if you looked at it, it's like, you're a bad person. You're a bad guy. You're supposed to be the best teammate. No, 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 no. I don't think he's wrong. A lot of guys feel that way. And I saw a bunch of players um, kind of pushing back a little bit because mostly what they were saying is, he said the unspoken thing, you know, as far as what what was required of his job. He's right. His job is to be the number one guy to go prepare himself for the battle of trying to win uh, games for his team. Now, the other part of what he said, it was a matter of how he could have phrased it. He could have said, I'll lend my services to him if he asks me a question, but my job is to be quarterback one for you guys and get wins. I thought that would have been the correct response. We all we all put our foot in our mouths when it comes down to it. I'll say this in his defense. I feel like I've heard Ben say that. Uh, I'm pretty sure Brett Favre. You have. have. I I can tell you that unequivocally, and that that came up. Moan whenever Mason Rudolph came yeah. along. And remember now, now Ben didn't handle the Rudolph draft pick particularly elegantly, uh, if you'll recall. I mean, he got on to, uh, I believe it was DVE at the time, got on a morning mm-hmm. show and just said, you know, that's a pick we should have used on an inside linebacker. It was after Ryan Shazier got hurt. And, you know, it. it he, I, I love the way you it phrased was. it. It's the unspoken. Yeah, it's it's not in the player services contract that you are supposed to be the instructor or right. the mentor or anything of someone else on the football team. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this. I'm different. I welcomed all of those types of things because I'll say this. I play a position. I played a position that was a count like we had. To, it was five is one. Whatever we did, every the whole entire group had to go along. So yeah, teamwork offensive line is different. It just is. Or D line, or linebackers, or secondary, or wide receivers. Like, but at quarterback, you're one of thirty-two with one of the best jobs in the entire country. 
Okay, so why would I offer up my time, efforts and energy to make you take one of the best jobs in America? Aside from Goldman Sachs or uh, 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 some type of Fortune 500 (laughs) company CEO, you don't get much better than a quarterback in the NFL. So much so that Kyler Murray is basically grabbing the Arizona Cardinals by the neck and saying, pay me or you got to find yourself on a losing season. Like that's the position of quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So. He ain't wrong in what he's saying. He could have possibly said, well, I'll grab him. If he got questions, I'll guide him. But I'm not about to give you guys my friggin' job. And I'll be the, the other part of why he said what he said, DK, full disclosure here. When it came to times where I was missing a game because of an injury or missing practice in camp, or I had a player's day off in camp, the guys that were behind me. Now, I told you this time and time uh, again, I was always looking over my shoulder. I would help out BJ. I would help out all the guys that were behind me. Hubbard, who was in front, who were behind me. It didn't matter. I am at your disposal. Whatever you need, I got you. But I'd be lying to you. If I didn't go out at practice or in those games that I didn't play in and say, I want us to win, but I want you to miss me. I'll be friggin' lying to you. I hear you. You know what I mean by that? You can be okay. But don't be better than me. And when we were in competition in camp, I would give them the answers to the test. And then watch what uh, you know what I would do. I would sit back and be like, well, he can't block the inside the way I do. You yeah. know, what I'm, like, yeah, not, not, not going to be able to execute. I remember, you, too, when you got when you got hurt in training camp. Oh, my. And you were not going to let the person behind you or the people behind you set yeah. one foot on that field in Cleveland for the nope. opener. Nope. And the, the projection at the time that you were hurt. And that's what all of us reporters are digging for is how long is <laughs> Mon going to be out? How long is it be? Mon- well, it didn't look good. Okay. I mean, that it day, did. that My day knee went sure, backwards. Yeah. I, I was there. It was not pretty. And then you going off on the cards and everybody hanging their heads around you. It looked like you were done. Mm-hmm. Honestly, in the moment, it looked like you were done. And then, you know, I've told this story before, but th- there we are in Cleveland after that game. And I walk up to you. You were in the back corner of that locker room. <laughs> and you're sitting there and you got a big old smile. And you look up at me and you go, I told you I'd be here. Yep. I told you I'd be here. And I'm, I've never asked you this before, but I, I always wonder – I'll, and I'll ask you now is if you felt you might get Wally Pipp there. And if you don't know that reference, that's that's baseball for uh, the guy who Lou Gehrig took his place and ended up becoming, you know, Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig, yeah. <laughs> because, um, because he got hurt. Because he got hurt. That's, that's why, DK. That's exactly why. I didn't want to have somebody go in and do better than I did. Even if somebody had a great game. I'll never forget BJ uh, Finney in the Buffalo game, the big snow game. When he was pulling and, and they, I think they ended up getting a rushing record or something like that. I was I was glad we won and everything went well. But I was like, damn, I wanted to be a part of that. And for those reasons, I fought for it. And and when it came down to but it was some things in that game that didn't go my way. You want to know what was the brotherhood of the guys that I was around? Um, <laughs> I just full disclosure pounce. He was just like, Moan, beef, you're all right. He's like, because we did that with you in the game no matter what. It's simply because everybody's fighting for their position. You're one of your top percent. You're, you're the one percent of all NFL players if you're a starter. No, if you're in the league, imagine the percent you are if you're actually starting. 
And you, nobody wants to give that up, DK. So Ryan Tannehill was not wrong. I'll help you. But until I'm done, I don't want you doing as good as me. Now, if you're just that damn good, have at it, man. Ain't nothing I would have been able to do whether I was injured, whether I tried not to help you or anything. Case in point, pounce to uh, Justin Hartwig. There was nothing Justin could have done. Pounce was going to win the job regardless. No, Pounce could do things that Hartwig couldn't do. He was just that good. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way the cookie crumbled. Like, football is savage, man. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, we're going to carry this into the second segment. We're going to talk about how this could play out as it relates to the Steelers and their quarterback situation. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and continuing our discussion on mentoring quarterbacks or mentoring anybody. (laughs) The funny thing about the Steelers situation at quarterback is that even though Mitch Trubisky's been in the league for five full years, this will be his sixth. Yeah. And four of those were as a starter. He's only 27 years old. Mm -hmm. And Kenny Pickett, even though he's brand new to the league, is 24. There's only a three-year separation there. And because Pickett was at Pitt for such a long time, he was there for five years. Yeah. He feels like some kind of grizzled veteran here. I wonder, Moan, honestly, if there's any degree of mentoring that even has to occur here. I think – if I know that culture of that locker room still being the same, and I feel like it is for sure, because I still talk to guys in that locker room, I, I believe that um, Trubisky is going to help enough. He's going to, hey, watch how I work. If it gets to a point where he feel like the edge is getting a little close as far as who doing what in practice, and now we got Kenny getting first team reps, even if it's between Mason also, whoever's trying, who, who's ever getting the first team reps, second team reps, or however it's going to go about, I'm sure there'll be some assistance. But you got to think Mitch is at a point in his career where he should be honestly in his second uh, second contract, not just the $14 million, but he should be getting about $38 million a year. And I'm sure that's something that he's fighting for. But I will say this when it comes down to what uh, Trubisky has going on. He's the way his career has kind of derailed itself a little bit. He can find himself in a Ryan Fitzpatrick type of situation where he continuously gets jobs and he's getting seven million, eight million, nine million dollars as a backup quarterback. His career kind of says that right now. But. I'd also think that he's going to be the perfect competitor when it comes down to trying to win this job for being the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. I don't think he's viewing this as a bridge. I do think that he sees this as a competition when it comes down to him being day one starter in this league. Will he help out the young guy? I think he'll assist him. But I also believe with you that Kenny's at a point that he understands what he's walking into. Like, that was a huge pick when it came down to the guys being there. The other part of you speak about with, with the mentoring. Let's not forget a week before the draft, the Steelers did what? They hired an assistant quarterback coach and David Corley. Yeah, I, I was I was going to bring up David Corley because he, there he is. Yeah, that, he's there. That, that's why he's there. He doesn't have, and I'm saying this respectfully, uh, the qualifications to right. be an NFL quarterbacks coach. That is not why Mike Tomlin would bring him in. That no. wouldn't make any sense. You bring him in because you want Mike Sullivan focusing entirely on that week's starter yeah. mm-hmm. for that Sunday's game. 
Yep, 100%. It shouldn't be a, an interruption for what's surrounding him. Like, it's it's almost as if, whether it's Mason or, or, or whether it's Kenny Pickett, they have their own guy. And that's the job of the assistant quarterback coach or the assistant offensive line coach also. He's the bridge of getting everything done. When they have young guys versus young guys at the end of the practice, sometimes the head position coach, will go upstairs already. And that that's the opportunity for the assistant quarterback coach or O-line coach to actually learn how to coach and, and, and demand certain things out of the guys that they're doing extra stuff with. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be a situation to where you say, oh, they're being selfish in their time when it comes down to Kenny Pickett. I just look at it as if, me personally, I don't think this job is going to be handed over to Kenny. Because I think Mitch is going to do some stuff in camp that you're like, yeah, we, we just got to go with him. Now, whether they ease off the gas and try to, you know, switch lanes with Kenny or, or whoever else, Mason, for that matter, I, I, I think it could happen. But I don't see it early on at all, DK. Now, and I'll, I'll throw this in, too. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has conducted himself uh, immaculately in his mm-hmm. very, very short time in Pittsburgh. And that includes, uh, I know nobody wants to think about this right now, but I that know. includes bringing those players as he did, inviting them uh, down to Florida. Direct uh, competition. Direct competition in Dwayne Haskins. Yes, and, sir. And, and remember that, that that's not coming from me and Moan. That's coming from Steelers upper management, that they were very much going to include uh, Haskins in any competition. Uh, because of his own abilities and because of what he'd shown the Steelers and Trubisky brought him down down there as well. Um, I, I think the dynamic is going to end up being uh, a healthy one. I never know about Mason because he always kind of seems like he's on his own island. He, he didn't go down to, to didn't go down to Florida. And, I, I, you know, I don't want to bring up the whole Ben versus Mason thing again because I'm sure thing. That, that, I'm sure it was a thing. <laughs> and and we, not we could, toxic or anything like that, but it was just a thing. You know, it's like the arms length. <laughs> yeah, the two uncles that man, you my brother, but uh, I'd rather not be around you. you know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those, or it's like the brother-in-law that comes by and you're like, you're lucky she married you because if not, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You wouldn't be getting any of the burgers I'm cooking on this grill right now. Let's be real clear about that. <laughs> You're lucky I love my sister. That's what that is right there. And you better treat her right. Oh, my goodness. We're going to have to do a whole segment on Ben and Mason just so that we can repeat these lines. But when we come back, it's the Hey Moan segment. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for the Hey Moan segment. The best segment, arguably, of the show. Although it's going to be tough to top that ending <laughs> to that last one. <laughs> this comes from Stella, who says, Hey, Moan, I was curious about the difference between your off-field and your on-field demeanor. On camera, you are kind, generous, and attentive. A big, adorable teddy bear, yeah, she says. Yeah. After years of conditioning, you learned how to flip a switch. I like retired Ramon. <laughs> well, this is okay. First thing first. Um, football players always kind of get that at times, too, because nobody sees us. Nobody sees the expressions. They don't know how we look sometimes unless they're fans of the team. You assume a guy's on the team. So I, that's why I was, I've always been big on guys. 
get in the media, do good interviews, like let them see your personality. DK, you know that like I've always been about like you need to know that I'm I like to have fun like you like to have fun. I do a crazy job. But uh, Stella, to, to your point, I've conditioned myself. Uh, I have. Uh, I'll, I just football is one of those things. If you don't have that switch when you cross those lines walking on that field, you get ate up. That's one of the reasons why I'm keeping my boys, well, my youngest out of football just for right now, because anytime he asks me to go play on this sixth grade team in a couple of years or this fifth grade team that they have, I'm like, you're not ready. And I, you know what I tell him? I tell him, you think it's fun. And I tell him this for these reasons right here, because when I was younger, I thought it was fun. I thought, oh, I just go out there and hit somebody. And I was doing my thing. I was a three star coming out of a high school. I went to a big D1 school. I won. You know, I was all state Mr. Football, but I was just playing the game how I thought I should play it. Not with the mindset of I'm going to rip somebody's head off. Like if it's me, my, 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 my number one motto when it comes down to the survival in the game is if there's a game between me and you, I'm going to step on your neck to get what I want. And I developed that because I had to realize if I don't get you, then you're going to get me. and You're going to laugh at me for getting me. So because of that, I'm holding my youngest out for sure. My oldest is playing right now, but he gets it. He's stone cold across the face when it comes down to the game. But you're right. You have to condition yourself because the game is hard. Um, we, we were asked the Hey Mon yesterday, why, why so many days off of the players? Because it's a hard game is you got to condition yourself for it. If I knew what I knew now as former pro or down during my pro years with the Steelers, if I had that mindset in high school, I'd have been all American. If I'd have had the high, that mindset in, in college, I'd have been all American. I was simply getting the job done until that real switch of survival turned on in the NFL. It was, oh, I got to I, I gotta go do this because if not, I'll be at home. And I wasn't ready to be home. I, I'm not letting you off this easy. You don't have two notches on your switch, okay? Because I was there. I covered your whole career. You have three. And I'm going to tell people here right now from personal observation that it goes like this. There's nice guy moan down here. There's the switch you just described, which is playing slash surviving in the NFL. And then there was AFC North mode. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, hang, hang on here. <laughs> I remember a game that I was covering. Yeah. And I, I take some pride in trying to watch interior line play, mm-hmm. even when a game is going on live. It's not easy. It, no. it's, it's, a, it's a jumbled mess for the most part when you're watching from a press box that's several hundred feet away. But I saw you doing terrible things to humans, okay? And and you were in a just a bad mood. You were shoving after the block, yeah. okay? And uh, God help me, I can't remember which team it was. It, the game was at Heinz Field, and um, I mean it had to be. It it it, it was absolutely yeah. Cincinnati or Baltimore, okay? And I'm thinking to myself, how? Where did that one come from? This is like the nicest guy on earth. And he's legitimately, he's going to, he's going to kill these people. 
You're going down low and everything. Yeah, it's, it had to have been Cincinnati. Baltimore have too much respect for it to go that way. But okay, so it, you know, and plus, and I Cincinnati, feel like I know who it was and 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 why also. Too. And and Cincinnati is is also right. That, that was going to say. I mean, for, even when the Bengals sucked, they had yeah. the defensive line. They did. They always have. Yeah. And and so that switch right there, man, is. I'm a no nonsense guy when it comes to playing the game. Like I legitimately am. Like, and now you're getting the the series. My, my tone's fully changed at this point. But but this when is it, why when it, this is why I'm here. Yeah. So when it, when it comes <laughs> down to that type of stuff and playing that way, like you're not gonna disrespect me or play the game the way it's not supposed to be played. So when I gotta cross that line and get to myself like there's no coming back like i'll tell my wife when we have a situation like in public at one of these crazy baseball fields or something like that a parent is chirping off her you know like if it's in within the game oh we can play that all day but when it becomes disrespectful or there's something outside of i'll tell her don't put me in a situation where the other me gotta come out you know, like that's personally because when that switch yeah, is on, I know exactly what you. I don't, mean. I don't, exactly. I don't want that, or or yeah. my family members, or somebody that I work with. I'm like, when you cross that line, there is no coming back because for me to get to that point means that I've allowed it to a certain degree, and now there is no coming back. I'm the same way with family members. I'm the same way with people in the media. When you cross that line, there is no coming back. So yeah, I'd rather be. Hey, this remote, you know, but when you hear the voice go and I start looking at you a certain type of way, then we got a real problem. And I know and I'll tell anybody this. If it gets to that point, it's not going to be good for you. And that's the way I was on the football field, too. We can play the game. The thing about playing football is this. It's an it's art damn near where you oh, bam. I like your move. That was cool. I told you yesterday about Kalichi assembly, like the, the, the respect factor of playing the game is the beauty of it because it is chaos. It is a bunch of violence, but when it's played the right way, I can shake your hands with Baltimore, Cincinnati, the Raiders. It don't matter. But when we cross that line and I got to flip that switch and go to, I say a hole mode, there's no real coming back at that point. You've seen me toss helmets off of guys. You've seen me go clean up guys intentionally because they did something to one of my teammates. Like that's a part of the game to where, okay, I say this all the time. I don't bully anybody, but I'm a bully. The bullies when it come down to it, we're not going to play that game. So I like being in the smiling Ramon space. Okay. And it was a learned behavior, but it was always in me to a point. Like I said, had I learned this in college, just off attitude, there would have been a difference, I think, of I don't know what it would have been. Or in high school, I said this too. Hell, I didn't get fined in high school and college. I should have did a whole lot more of this. You, you know what I'm saying? So it is, but I appreciate being able to, one, control it. And I'll say this too in a very serious way too. A lot of people will categorize football players or they're crazy or too many hits to the head or they can't control their attitudes. All of those things. It's all messy to me to just try to box everything in. If you find a, if you find a, a person that's able to do both and do them well, don't get them to the point. I don't care if that's your husband. I don't care if that's your wife. Like Keep them in that space that keeps them happy because when they cross that line, there's no real coming back when it's, it's uh, disrespect or it, it, you know when the person's gone too far with certain stuff. And on the football field, that happened a few times, DK. I got a few fines because of that. Yeah, I, I was there to poke you on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays to say how much they hit you up for, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the biggest one was, shoot, like, damn, $30,000. I said, mm-hmm. God, dog. 
Go yeah. to college, Fawn. There it goes. There it goes. Goes to a good cause, though. Uh, I still don't know where it went. My number one, <laughs> my number one star for this show was Stella, though. That's a great question, and that's the I kind of stuff that we encourage. You but, know, but guys, I'll say this: it. you run across any person, though, any football player for sure. Yep. Most of them, they're usually very chill, like they yep. have a good time, like you. There's really you don't get the field play when you uh, run across guys in public. No, that's good stuff. Let's do it again tomorrow, man. If you say so, okay. <laughs> <laughs>